This podcast is brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Hello, you are listening to Gosh Pods, where all this week we will be bringing you episodes from the clinical simulation team here at Gosh, focusing on some of the brilliant work they do using immersive education techniques. We hope you enjoy listening. Welcome to this joint simulation and patient safety podcast. My name is Emma Broughton and I'm the operational lead here in the simulation team at Great Ormond Street. And I have with me Liz, one of my colleagues, who I'll let introduce herself. Thank you, Emma. My name is Liz Akers. I'm the head of education for patient safety at Great Ormond Street and I have been working with Emma around simulation and patient safety for many years now. Thank you very much, Liz. And as many of you who are listening in today might be aware, a simulation and patient safety are two teams that are working increasingly closely together. So we thought this was a great opportunity to highlight some of the ways that patient safety and simulation are linked. And just to put a bit of a spotlight on some of the key concepts that we're looking at in the moment in patient safety and sim. So one of the things that we're really driven by in simulation practice is patient safety. And increasingly, we're looking to concepts around safety too, which I'm going to let Liz tell you a little bit more about and what that means in a healthcare context. So Liz, can you tell us a little bit about what safety too means? Yes, of course. Thank you, Emma. Safety too is a concept around patient safety that is relatively new. And the title implies that safety one is a thing, which it is not. But safety two is very much about learning from success, learning from when things have gone well, and really trying to take time to understand that facet of an event. And to break that down a little bit more, if we were to perform an operation in the hospital and nine out of 10 times it goes perfectly, one out of 10 times doesn't. As well as learning from that one out of 10 times and really taking time to understand that, there's nine times as much information there about when things have gone really well. There's lots of data, there's lots of stuff that we can replicate to ensure that we continue to do that same thing again and again to replicate the safe practice. So it's really taking time to look at things from a slightly different perspective. It feels good. It feels more positive, but much more than that, it's giving a chance to really learn from success, which is, despite how it feels sometimes, the majority of things in hospitals do go right most of the time and for us in general life. And if we can understand what's driving things to go well, and embed that within our educational programs, then we're really giving people an excellent chance of understanding how to replicate success, how to replicate things that have been safe, whilst at the same time giving some time and space to when things go wrong, but they are much less frequent. We need to know about them, but they're so much less likely to take place that we should focus a lot of our attention on success. Thanks, Liz. And just picking up on that word success there and and some of the things you've described, that very much speaks to the approach that we're trying to adopt in simulation, which is actually learning from those successes. And I think that that really fits with that safety two definition and the idea that we are trying to promote as many things as possible to go right, rather than trying to stop, you know, bad things from happening. So actually, it's, it's really important that we use simulation as an opportunity to learn from what works well those those nine times out of 10 and actually get the chance to unpick what contributed to those positive things what helps something go well in a particular simulation event to be able to help us carry that forward into practice yeah I think a, a really sort of a really proactive way to look at it 
And and something else you mentioned there is the idea of, you know, sort of looking at outcomes. And I think, again, thinking about how we can take a proactive approach to how we use simulation. I think more often now we're actually rehearsing procedures and protocols and processes before they're set in stone. And again, sort of coming back to that sort of resilience in the system, looking at the people that are working in complex systems as a positive resource and, and someone that can test the flexibility of the system and test the process before it's you know brought into our practice. I think that's a, another really key way that we're using simulation around the hospital now is to, to help people practice things before new procedures and, and processes are introduced. I think that's such an important part of it. We've, we've got the intelligence, we've got the facilities, and I think there's a bit of a moral and ethical position on this as well, which is if we have the opportunity to try something, I would want to know if I were having my arm set in plaster, that someone had tried it out and tried out the new technique in a controlled way before they try it out on me. I think the days of test it and see, sometimes with very rare diseases may well still be the case, but a lot of the time we don't need that anymore. We've got AI, we've got technology, we've got other ways and means to learn. So we need to think about this stuff, invent a new idea, test it out as we see it, learn from what went well, and then apply it to our patients, to our buildings, to a new way traffic moves through the city, whatever it is. We're really creative and we need to be creative. We shouldn't just wait for it to have gone wrong to think, ah, we should have probably seen that putting a bollard in the middle of the road was not going to work. <laughs> if, we, if we test this stuff in advance and realise that by taking the bollards out, traffic moves really well, great, so we're going to do that next time. It's blindingly obvious and it's funny that it is such a, a quiet revolution in patient safety because it makes such a lot of sense. And I think for us to be helping our learners to learn this way is a lot less scary as well. And I think a criticism could be that we're not preparing people for things when they go wrong, but I think we are. We're anticipating when things go wrong and we're preparing people by running them through it, but not in a terrorizing, traumatizing way. Simply a, this is what can happen. This is what we know you can control practice that bit now these are the bits we don't understand yet but you need to know about them but actually if you employ x y and z you're probably going to mitigate that risk thank you liz well i hope that's given a little bit of a, an insight or a, a spotlight into safety too as a concept but you know just some of the ways that we're drawing from that model in simulation now and hopefully for those of you that haven't taken part in sim that are, are listening to this might have given you some food for thought around how we might utilize sim and patient safety education in your area Brilliant. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Liz. Thank you for listening to Gosh Pod's Simulation Week podcast. You can find the Gosh Clinical Simulation Centre on social media, on Instagram at Gosh Clinical Simulation, and Twitter at Gosh underscore CSC. We also have a Facebook page and LinkedIn, so please get in touch if you'd like to find out more about our work and listen out for tomorrow's simulation podcast. <laughs>